Radio Network, information for the independent mind. You're listening to PRN, Progressive Radio Network. Every single day, 
reporters and investigators who tried to expose the corruption involving the Clinton Foundation or the rat lines or the spy ring and scandal in Congress are getting murdered almost every week in the U.S., and nothing ever gets done about it. I truly respect and honor Jason and Trish for their efforts and the great courage, and I want to thank them both for taking time out from the investigation to come on Focus on the Facts again to give us the very latest details on the spy ring that the mainstream media is still suppressing. So welcome back to the show, Jason and Trish. Hi, Hi Evelyn. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> good to be oh, here. So good to have you on. So give us the latest. So, yeah. Well, of course, we're trying a little bit of a new format today where we've got your show on Crowdsource the Truth while we're simultaneously on your show. So people can listen on prn.fm to focus on the facts or they can watch here on Crowdsource the Truth. Um, as a lot of people know, we've kind of uh, had a fork, sort of like Bitcoin, and uh, George is kind of going in his direction and we're going in a different direction. And uh, we're hopeful that that's going to be uh, beneficial in the long run. We're going we're gonna to get more of the crowdsource community involved and have crowdsource the truth. Focus more on what it was originally created to do. Of course, George had a crowdsource investigation going on in, in his methodology of putting out metadata and receiving information back from the viewers on uh, YouTube and his uh, Twitter followers and all that sort of stuff. And everybody can still see George on YouTube, georgeweb.com, or follow him on Twitter at TruthLeaks. And uh, it's, it's, this is really interesting that we're on your radio show because you are also part of the crowdsource community. And everyone can part to participate in uh, a variety of different ways. You don't have to be an investigative journalist or a radio show host or a lawyer or a scientist. We're getting information from all kinds of sources and really highlighting the individuals out there and in many ways even inspiring people to get involved who maybe otherwise have never done anything like this before. Now, as far as where the investigation is right now, of course, Imran has been arrested. He's been indicted. We've had the FBI verify that he was selling secrets to foreign governments, something Trish had identified that, you know, George and I weren't necessarily focused on at the time. Why don't you talk about that a little bit, Trish? Well, as we went further and further into the investigation, you started to realize that there were all these different agendas going on. And we, there were big red flags that this was a CIA operation, the latest being that Cy Hirsch came out and said that it's a CIA operation. And Cy Hirsch is a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist who is uh, respected around the world, and that this whole thing with Seth Rich, it's all tied together, and that made me realize that not only do we have our CIA um, running its own covert operations, the FBI runs covert operations, too, and they don't know about what each other is doing. Then they have the official operations that are designed to distract people from the covert operations, and then you have the foreign governments and then the individuals. So it all, I realized that while this one spy ring appeared to be set up by Generals Kelly and Petraeus, believe it or not, this is when Petraeus was um, indicted and convicted of mishandling classified information. What he was doing was taking these war plans that Wesley Clark had attested 
to being drafted shortly after 9-11. And taking, Petraeus and Kelly were taking those, those plans and divvying up the business in a pay-to-play operation to all these contractors who were being sent in to handle these um, coups and other military invasions. So then I realized with all of the bank fraud and the, 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 um, the car dealerships and the more information we got around that, I was just like, you know what? I'm betting that the Awans are running their own operation, too. Like, why not? I, they, then we learned that a woman by the name of Indira Singh who had worked with a company by the name of P-Tech. Indira Singh was putting together a software program to help them manage the financial risk of J.P. Morgan, one of the largest banks in the world. And she had looked up this company, P-Tech, that had provided software services for uh, the Department of Defense, the Secret Service, the FAA, the House of Representatives, all of the major agencies within our government, the FBI was one of them. The list is very long. She's like, great, this looks fabulous. So she hires them and only to discover that, in fact, the largest investor in that company had been named a terrorist and put on a watch list in October of 2011. And then she came to find out that this company, P-Tech, was a CIA cutout of Pakistani nationals who were operating out of the basement of the FAA. This is a woman who is highly credible. This is not something we're speculating about. He, she attested to this. And then, of course, she was um, fired, marginalized, and discredited by the media because what she was saying, when you look at the circumstances of what she outlined, they align directly with what we're seeing. And, you know, Petraeus being a former CIA, we know that these rat lines are in place and it, it all ties together. And so it dawned on me. And I saw, I started looking and found some material on the fact that in, um, I believe it was 2010, when Pompeo was uh, moved into the CIA, the number of killings skyrocketed uh, that were, I think, um, taken up, were uh, undertaken by China, for example, and they were afraid that there was a security leak. And then you look at the Navy SEAL who was killed in the Yemen operation, and you just start looking, start looking backward, and you realize all these instances where we had these security, what appear to be security leaks, and I was just like, I would bet money that they're selling secrets on top of it all. Why wouldn't they? Right, and so, so, we've got, so do we know how many spy rings we've had operating here then? You, you know, I I wonder if we'll ever find out. <laughs> oh, man. The only one, you know, we know that the Iwans were running a spy ring. We And it appears that they were, you know, acting as double agents, so to speak. And it, what really burns me up about this is that the CIA has for decades undertaken these operations where they've recruited mercenaries and terrorists and, you know, criminal elements to undertake their dirty work, only to have those criminal elements, you know, turn, you know, 
around on them and sabotage what they were doing, and yet they go back and do it over and over and over again. It just boggles the mind. You know, one thing, Evelyn, that's interesting about this new format that we're doing here where we've got uh, the simulcast on Crowdsource the Truth and PRN Radio Network, we've got comments coming in, and people are saying that if Imran Awan, who is now uh, under indictment and certainly going to be facing more charges, Mr. Hudson, of course, has told us that Imran's going to be looking at some additional charges and and the charges are going to be expanding against him and his wife, People are saying that if he's got CIA protection, which I agree, Trish, he probably does, he's part of a larger operation, that he's going to be all right. But the thing I think that is more likely is that Imran Awan might be the Lee Harvey Oswald of this operation. You know, we've, really? we've spoken a lot about these liaison loopholes where the CIA works with other intelligence agencies. And we've heard about um, when Trump first came in as president, uh, there was that famous tweet where he was talking about being wiretapped. And I think, of course, he meant that his phone calls and his electronic communications were being monitored. And, you know, the president in that, in that case, Barack Obama, needed the opportunity to come out and say, hey, you know, the FBI and the CIA didn't wiretap Donald Trump. Now, he never said anything about MI6 or the Pakistani ISI or any of those agencies. So the idea is these liaison operations can take place where some other foreign intelligence service can carry out some operation, and then there's plausible deniability. The CIA can just kind of cut bait, let Imran, you know, twist in the wind and say, oh, well, this is a Pakistani operation, even though it could be the CIA or even private companies, as Trish pointed out, uh, General Petraeus is a principal at KKNR, and they do a lot of business with Osprey Global and all these sort of, you know, war corporations around the world and around the country. And by using these foreign intelligence services and foreign intelligence operatives, they sort of give themselves a scapegoat. It's a very tricky way to operate. Yeah, I'll say very tricky. But, you know, it's it's like these members of Congress now, now we just found out here this week, too, it came out that that grand jury was actually in panel last November in 2016. So all this time, yes. like when you and George went around in Congress and went to the different congressional offices and stuff, and you're asking, do you know the Awad family? And, so, and they all acted totally stupid. That was a total lie. There's not way in hell that they did not know this was being investigated. And no, well, most, most of the people that we spoke to, Evelyn, when we went to Congress, were the um, the people that were working for the representatives. Not too many representatives actually spoke to us. Uh, a couple, and of course, Louis Gomer had spoken about. Uh, I think it was Louis Gomer, right? He had spoken about right. the Iwans yes. on the on the, the floor record. of Congress there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, mostly we were dealing with the aides and the people that were sort of blocking us from speaking to the representatives. And I don't mean they were blocking us, but, you know, the people that were making the appointments and taking, taking our phone numbers and all that stuff. And uh, it, we never really got that much further, but those people didn't know. And now I'm sure they must. We did speak to um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard's communications director, and he was sort of interested. I've been meaning to follow up with him. And certainly now that Imran's uh, facing stiffer charges, he might be an interesting guy to follow up with. But, you know, it's one of these things where once the story is broken, it's out there and everybody knows about it. 
we'll see if they're interested in talking to us about it more. Well, well they, yeah, and we'll um, see if they let him escape, too. I mean, they knew they were having this investigation going on, and they let all those family members, the Awan family members, just fly out of this country back to Pakistan when they knew That's they were right, under Evelyn. investigation. That's, and they, they started the investigation in April of 2016 when all of the hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment went missing, and they determined... Uh, through this investigation that it was the five of wands that subsequently were barred from congressional network access because they were, after a month-long investigation, it had been determined that they had hacked members of Congress and stolen that equipment. So in October of 2016, it was turned over to the Capitol Police who conducted the investigation in February. That was when the Awans were barred from congressional network access. And uh, they were all fired except for Debbie Wasserman Schultz keeping Imran on uh, her payroll. This, and this is at taxpayer expense. And yeah. nobody was arrested. And you're talking about hacking members of Congress and stealing their computers and devices, and yet no one was arrested. They have to be getting CIA protection. There was no other explanation for that. And then, um, then when Hina, in March, goes to leave the country, she stopped at the airport, at Dulles Airport, where Imran was, was arrested. But then uh, True Pundit reported that Comey and McCabe intervened and allowed her to leave. Who intervened? That's crazy. Say again, Evelyn? No, I still didn't hear you. Who intervened? Comey, James Comey, and James Andrew Comey. Oh, okay. And he, he let her leave. They both did, yep. Man. Yeah, so the craziest thing is that, wasn't that she was gonna, Andrew she was McCabe... Gonna keep, sorry, what's that, Evelyn? I said she was going to, Wasserman Schultz was going to keep him on the payroll even when he flew off to Pakistan, wasn't she? That's right. Yeah. That's right. The only reason she fired him was that he was under indictment. And the intervention of uh, Andrew McCabe and James Comey is worthy of a lot of scrutiny. Uh, The fact that Andrew McCabe remains employed at the FBI is very troubling. Very. Now, now what about this bit about uh, the prosecutor in this case? Isn't that Wasserman Schultz's brother? Actually, no, he's not the direct uh, prosecutor. That that wasn't initially thought to be the case, but uh, uh-huh. someone... He is an assistant district... He's an assistant he's, attorney in that office, though. Yes. But, however, yes. he is not directly connected to this case. Well, they should... It does give you insight into how they control these kind of things. They have their family in all these different positions, and they, you know, they always have sort of uh, levers they can pull and knobs they can turn to make things go their way. Right, right. Now, now you know, I've heard it say that uh, they were using the Congressional uh, Credit Union as an ATM machine, the Awan family. How does that go? How'd that work out? Yeah, they... I don't know. What are the estimates for how much they were able to take out of the country so far, Jason? Do you know? It started at 300000 but it's expected to go up. There was a, a wiring of 300000 that Imran uh, did by lying to the guy on the phone at the bank. And when he said, well, you can't use a, a wire transfer to 
to pay for funeral expenses. So he went on to Google and looked up the different circumstances that you could use the money for, and then apparently imitated his wife's voice and uh, right. was able to was able to you know and, come up and- with an excuse. Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been found to have directly intervened when he was um, taking out those loans, Evelyn. That's something else we've recently learned. Not to mention um, the fact that he had, you know, the Yawans had that string of car dealerships that they opened and closed. They were, they declared bankruptcy over and over again. And we actually had um, someone on one of our broadcasts who believes what probably what they were doing was um, you get loans in order to buy the vehicles that you're going to put on your lot when you uh, open a car dealership. And uh, from what he described, it appears that what they might have been doing is taking out those loans and getting the cash and then bankrupting the dealership and shutting it down. And then having already moved the money probably back to Pakistan or, or you know, moved it some some way out of the country or out of reach. So it looks like that's also what was going on. There's just an amazing array of crimes that were going <laughs> on. And I mean, it's so, so absurd to presume that uh, one guy and his, you know, four brothers and two wives could run all these diverse businesses while still having full-time jobs. I'm sure, you know, most people listening have or either have now or have had full-time jobs. And I don't know that you could realistically run a second business. Like I've been trying to do uh, crowdsource the truth and 3D work, and it's just you've got to choose one or the other. So we've been right. focusing on doing this, and it's a full-time job. I don't see how I could possibly have time to run a sporting goods company, a car dealership, 12 rental properties, shipping company, a yeah. shipping company well, an airline. Um, and meanwhile, Imran was, while he was employed by the congressional, uh, as a congressional IT staffer, he was also on the payroll of the Pakistan Customs Agency in Lahore, I believe, yeah. in Pakistan, simultaneously. Right. right. Yeah, so that these was guys are they're plugged into all kinds of crazy things. And again, that's what leads to the hypothesis that it's all part of a larger intelligence operation. Uh, just in a casual conversation coming back from Ohio with George, we were talking about how, why would they even name every company Awan this, Awan that? There's been speculation that these Awan brothers aren't actually biological brothers, but part of a brotherhood. And right. that name Awan, it's almost like joining a club and again, we've, we've spoken about CIA winks and, you know, let, let's call it intelligence community because it's not just the CIA. But when you're doing these types of operations that involve, you know, large groups of people on an international scale, there needs to be a way to encode messages to operators who are involved without being overt. We saw this recently, or, well, uh, I'm speculating, but it seems like we've seen something like this recently in this Charlottesville event where the Dodge Charger crashed into a bunch of people. We saw the license plate was like 1111, and uh, we've seen that the event started at 1122, and certain little things like this seem to be encoded messages about uh, what is an operation. 
the mother's license plate, I believe, was sequential to uh, the drivers of that charger, too. So right. there's been right. some interesting... <clears throat> There's been some interesting uh, developments on there too, and you know, with it, we have lots of reason to believe that that's in operation as well. But it 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 seems to be run by a different group of people for a different set of reasons, but they they overlap in certain ways and tie into one another. So it just it's it's like a Gordian knot you know, that it's really difficult to tease out sort of what's going on, <laughs> you know, well, from you know, one... And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I want to say, with the mainstream media, and as a journalist and reporter, I can tell you, jumping into this, if I hadn't been watching this investigation from day one when George started it, I don't think if I would have jumped in halfway into something, I think I would have been so overwhelmed that I gave up. I mean, it is so complex, <laughs> and all the crimes involved, and this is global. And, you know, involving all yeah. the wars and everything else that I think, you know, a journalist, even if the mainstream media wasn't like it, would be, be scared away from it. They wouldn't know where to jump in and start. Well, you know, Cy Hirsch, actually, um, George Webb has said that Cy Hirsch was like, that's too big. The story is just too big. <laughs> the Iran right. gate. And right. it, it really is. Oh. Because if you, so if you just think, for example, about, um, the Seth Rich PSYOP, which we, right. uh, we now, have every single indication. Seth Rich dead or is he dead? Seth Rich dead or I is think he well, dead? Well, <laughs> we've gotten our first bit of evidence that Seth Rich may in fact be dead. And it's not uh, definitive evidence, but of course Aaron Rich was in probate court in Washington, D.C. Uh, to take over control of Seth Rich's estate. And one of our crowdsource uh, confidants, goes by the code name what big eyes you have first brought this to my attention and in just in going over the uh, the laws in DC you would need a death certificate to appear in probate court and take over the estate now again I don't know maybe there's a lawyer out there in the crowdsource community who could tell us is there a way around that uh, is there a way to to still go to probate court if you don't have a death, a death certificate who creates those death certificates? Is there a way to forge a death certificate? You know, uh, Evelyn, tomorrow. Well, and well, also and the judicial system is all corrupt, too. So, you know, who knows what judge get that you can turn him to do anything you want to? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But then there's also Cy Hirsch who said that not only is this a CIA operation with Seth Rich, but that, it, that he was killed. So, um, you know, again, no hard evidence, but only two, two indications that he may, from credible sources, that he may, in fact, um, be dead. So we don't know. But, you know, I started wondering today, um, you know, George has talked about, you know, one leak, like the Guccifer 2 leak being used to cover the Eric Braverman leak, perhaps, and right. maybe Seth Rich is part of that whole thing. And, I'm, and I was thinking it was all part of the same group of people trying to conceal the same leak. But what is starting to um, I'm starting to wonder if 
the Awan leak was one of the they, – they knew they had been hacked, and they were trying to cover that. Maybe the CIA ran the Seth Rich op around that. And then because the FBI also was involved in the spy ring, so I'm not sure – I think maybe the FBI was involved through Clinton and the intel she was trying to gather for blackmailing um, officials for purposes of her Clinton Foundation operation. So I think those things could have been going on simultaneously and that both had circumstances whereby they had to run a cover operation <laughs> because they messed up and that could be what we're looking at I don't know though I mean that's just I was like puzzling through it today and I'm just like wow this is you know right then, something. then you remember Matt Couch came out with the report that supposedly Seth Rich was was at uh, a party at a, uh, right. at a house owned by Imran Awan the night before we had him. Matt on the show last week and he was talking about that uh, just to just to get back to the first part of what you were saying before with Seth Rich, again, it's it's always possible that a death certificate could have been falsified. Uh, tomorrow in Phoenix, it's widely speculated that Donald Trump is going to be pardoning Sheriff Joe Arpaio, who, of course, has been involved in the investigation of what is purported to be a forged birth certificate for Barack Obama. Now, right. there's a lot of evidence that they've presented that shows that it was, in fact, forged. So without getting too far down that rat hole, the concept that a death certificate for an unknown, I mean, not unknown, but, you know, uh, Seth Rich is hardly Barack Obama, maybe someone could fake a death certificate. Just because the brother went to probate court, I don't consider that proof that Seth Rich is dead, particularly if we've got people like Cy Hirsch saying it was a CA operation. They could certainly create documents and um, you know, override legal norms and things like that if if there was an operation going on. And, well, and to know, that point, though, Jason, remember those FOIA requests were denied or um, the FBI ones, it was a no records responsive to the death certificate, autopsy, and body right. camera footage. So... And some people have told what, what us the that the public wouldn't have access to that stuff that because... Sorry, Evelyn? I said, what's the FBI even doing in that investigation anyhow if Seth Rich is murdered? Right. 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 I mean, anytime you bring up any of these things, there's an explanation for it. The, um, you know, uh, huh. what Rod Wheeler, who's former D.C. Metro Police detective, told us was that the FBI could have become involved because they have the ability to get into certain devices like the cell phones cyber. and computers. Yeah. Right. But it doesn't seem like they're actually investigating any of that because there's been virtually no investigation into Seth Rich's murder. So right. if the FBI came back and said, hey, we went into his phone and we found out he was murdered, it, it just doesn't make sense. If they're saying, well, it was a street robbery, why would you go and open up his phone and go to his laptop to find out why? If it's a street robbery, that would just mean two guys ran up and tried to rob him and ran away. Then there was this whole story about an FBI car that got broken into, and this FBI gun was stolen, and there was this subsonic FBI bullet. It just seems like a whole lot of nonsense surrounding this purported uh, murder of Seth Rich. And um, the uh, – I just lost my train of thought there. Well, so the Cy Hirsch conversation, that's what we were very interested in. We wanted to call Cy Hirsch. We wanted to get in touch with Cy Hirsch. And then that set off another firestorm, me suggesting that we 
retrieved the phone number from George's phone, but the battery had died and the USB port was broken, set up a whole firestorm where people thought I accused George of never having spoken to Cy Hirsch, which was not at all what was going on. We just, we had right, this uh, right. sort of surreptitiously recorded conversation with Cy Hirsch talking about, as Trish pointed out, CIA operations relative to Seth Rich. And I just wanted to get some firsthand information from the man as to why was this secret recording released purported by, uh, purportedly by Ed Butowski, and right. does Cy Hirsch back up the comments that he made, or does he have anything else to say about it? And we haven't well, been able to get. that's interesting. Yeah, he has not made any public comment, which is right. Which right. is I really don't see very curious. To the bottom of that, if, he, if that yeah. is really him, or if that that recording was real, or if it was doctored, or what? I mean, I don't think we right. got to the bottom of that, and I don't know why Cy doesn't come out and, and talk. You would think, given his reputation, you know, yeah. on the line, the way it is, you'd think he would. Right. Yes. Yes, to clear that up. I mean, you know, he's such a good investigative reporter that um, he should know that we're all out here, you know, that people like me would count on something if he said it. You know, yeah. but if now we don't even know for sure if he did, I don't know why he won't come out here and say one way or the other that this is true or it's false. Mm-hmm. Well, and he makes comments in that recording, though, Evelyn, that allude to reasons why he may not, which are that, you know, he, sa- he, bas- he says that, you know, he knows how this business works and he knows when to keep his mouth shut kind of thing. And so, you know, we, and we do know um, historically that the CIA has fully infiltrated our mainstream media. And, the, and when Cy Hirsch broke the story about Clinton approving the sale of sarin gas to terrorists inside Syria, and then Obama um, framing Assad for the 2013 sarin gas attack. There was no Western media that would publish his report. He had to go to the London... It's a website. Do you remember what it's called, Jason? Um, I think the London Review... Um, in order to publish his uh, work. So, I mean, he, I think he's as susceptible to being pressured by all of these forces as anyone. And, you know, that may be what we're witnessing here, especially if, in fact, it is a CIA operation. And remember, um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, no, let's see, Heather Podesta uh, Tony Podesta's ex-wife is on the board of the D.C. Police Foundation. And then, right. you know, remember also Steve Wasserman, Debbie Wasserman Schultz's brother, is in the district, the district attorney's office there. The federal, so if it's FBI, he would be uh, potentially involved there. And there are another, a number of other reasons why with, there are relationships like that that explain why nothing has happened and there's been no movement on on the investigation. So, um, but we also know the FBI is involved and that Andrew McCabe has been a key player in facilitating the running of these rat lines. And we have all the emails about Anthony Weiner being the person who's distributing the devices to the trusted staff, which you know, we now have every reason to believe are the Awans 
And right. the, the devices themselves, you remember George Webb met with Andre Taggart at that home that owned by Imran Awan, where um, Andre was living. He's a U.S. Marine and found a um, pile of smashed devices that we also know True Pundit reported that the FBI has, in which Andre Taggart, the gentleman to whom uh, George spoke, uh, reported that they were turned over to the FBI. And in fact, there's also on the CrowdSource the Truth uh, YouTube channel is an audio interview of Andre Taggart with George and Jason discussing the devices and their presence there in that home owned by Imran Awan. There are yeah, right. so many ways in which he's tied to this. It is not speculation. I mean, these are established facts. Yeah, and the ownership of that home, you know, that's been well established. There are other homes that have been it's just attributed. just sold, right, too, yep, hasn't it? Yep. There are other homes that have been attributed to Imran Awan, like the one you brought up earlier, Evelyn, that this uh, party with Seth Rich happened at. And I was very pleased that Matt was super open. Matt Couch is a great guy, very open about his investigation. When we asked him how do they know that the home was owned by Imran Awan, he said he didn't really know. That, they, that that's what he had been told and that he felt that the source was reliable, but the source hadn't really provided him with hard evidence that the home sure. was So we can't own. corroborate it. Yeah. So we can't sure. you know, it. You know what, so that's what we like to do guys. is go straight to the source. Sorry, Evelyn? I said, what is so scary here is this is so dangerous investigating reporting on this, this scandal that, I mean, it goes to the deepest level of our government. And... So people, like, like when you m mention your sources and stuff, you know, like, they'll go by, they won't say the right name, you know, they'll have a, a handle that right. you go by and everything. This is what's so terrible. You know, how can we report on this when you have to worry every day that you're going to be murdered? Yeah, you know, Joe Rago, too, still no word about him, the Wall Street Journal right. reporter right. who, young, 34, I believe, um, right. died yeah. suddenly just very recently. And we know for a fact that he was investigating Clinton corruption. And then and the, Barrington and the sex trafficking. And the child yes. sex trafficking. I, I investigated right. and, and I see, yes. Anybody that goes near that child sex trafficking, that is their golden, that is their, that is their prime yeah, gift to control this world. Yeah, it's your ticket to the world. morgue. Yeah. The sex trafficking so, in children. Well, so there's also um, the organ harvesting, you know, anyone who gets near that. Right. And that's where we think Barrington Wisenant, the federal prosecutor in Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district, who right. was found dead with a bullet in the back of his head, um, his death was just ruled a suicide. And, right. you know, that's also very disturbing to a lot of people who are aware of, you know, the, the circumstances surrounding. He was, the, he was one of three attorneys that died violently within a two-week period in Debbie Wasserman Schultz's district, and all of them had ties to immigration and visa um, uh, matters. So, um, and that's how yeah. we think that, you know, uh, so many of these um, individuals have been brought into the United States, for example, through the Gulan schools. There's all kinds of individuals with terrorist ties have been brought in and with, um, with fraudulent visa applications. We know they've been coming through Miami, New York, and Los Angeles um, seem to be the key 
points of entry for many of them. Um, so, uh, you know, we just, uh, we, you know, you, it, it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down, but it's all the more reason to keep pressing forward because it certainly is not going to stop on its own. Well, right, and then I, I just read today where this um, investigator over in England that was investigating, you know, the sex trafficking of children and pedophilia over there that she's dead at, at 52. Um, and then it was only yeah. a couple of years ago that the investigator that was working on, on it before that was found dead, you know. And I said, well, it's another reporter. Anybody that gets close to this child sex trafficking ring, you know, gets killed. And I said, well, there's enough of us reporters out here. We're not letting it go. You know, they can't kill all of us. You know, this That's is not right. something. We have well, to of end course, it now. Monica Peterson. Right? Yeah. Down in Haiti. Yeah. Yep. Another one. Monica right. Peterson. Um, you know, Evelyn, I'm just bringing up Snopes right now about Monica Peterson. And it's interesting. I don't really put a lot of value in what Snopes puts out, but it's interesting to see that uh, when you evaluate the claim that Monica Peterson was killed after she discovered the Clinton Foundation was involved in child sex trafficking, they've rated it as unproven, which is, I mean, Snopes would normally say false. So not false, according to Snopes. I was seeing today that uh, Hillary donated $800 million to this private resistance group, and they're going to fund other resistance groups and stuff. And then I, and I was reading the article, and I see uh, John and Tony Podesta are in there, too, funding this group. And I said, they got another thing coming. These pedophiles are done running this government. You know, and they keep coming now, out Ellen, here did you, and thinking they're going to. Did you they're see not. that? Sorry. They're not. Go ahead. I, I missed what you said. Well, no, I was saying, not did to. you see that? Uh, got a little bit of a delay. I'm sorry, Evelyn. John Podesta was in Norway last week giving a speech to a group of politicians, and of course, just last year was the biggest ever in its history pedophilia bust in Norway uh, that included politicians, judges, lawyers, etc. The tip in that pedophilia ring apparently came from the United States, from the FBI. And here's Podesta now sort of, you know, rallying his Confederates in Norway. I'm not saying John Podesta is associated with pedophilia. I am. He was in Norway, and there was a huge pedophile bust in Norway, and he's sort of opposing Donald Trump. We've heard that Michael Flynn had a list of pedophiles that he was going to pursue with the president when they spoke about draining the swamp. We've heard right. investigative journalists like George Webb and George Webb himself say that uh, pedophilia is used as part of an influence network. There's been a lot of investigative reporting coming from Jake Morphonius about pedophilia, pedophilia rings in Hollywood, pedophilia. We, we, of course, we've heard about the, um, the uh, Franklin cover-up in Omaha, right. Nebraska and uh, uh, everything going on with the BBC and Jimmy, right. what was his name? Seville. Jimmy Seville, right, in England. A woman, yeah, and the woman who, from the BBC, who did the big expose that they um, have refused to air was found dead. Wow. Right, right. That's the yeah, one so before this one. That's what they said, yeah. Yeah. And so did you see um, the stars coming out lately, lately? and and saying, admitting that this pedophile network runs the media and runs uh, runs Hollywood, 
runs the music industry. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt came out uh, a couple of days ago. Robert Downey Jr. Um, and oh, oh, Justin Bieber. And um, oh. Downey Jr. wrote this letter, um, or wrote this. Well, an article they quoted him. He he quoted a list of stars and stuff that weren't involved in this. And he he went on to say that that these ones that are breaking out and telling on this that they don't have clean paths, that they've been involved in a lot, in a lot. But the way I gather it, when it came down to the line, you know, the bottom line is that you've got to rape these children and kill these children to sacrifice and stuff. And I think that's the point where they got that they just would not go there. And that's the same with that banker that came out, that that big money banker, that he said, too, that he was involved in all of it with the elite. And But the final thing is that you have to, well, in the end, you have to murder a child as a sacrifice. And he just couldn't go there. Yeah. And he admitted, too, he was involved in these parties and stuff that they go to, and, 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 and I'm sure they have the child sex slaves brought in and everything. But when it gets to the point where you have to murder a child, they won't do it. And so this, these stars coming out, there was a while back they wrote this letter, this it said swordfish, they called themselves or something, and they had given them the, meet, the Hollywood notice that they needed to come out and come clean, and the ones that, you know, or else they were going to reveal it. And I think that's what's happening now in the last few weeks with these stars coming out. That they didn't, you know, Hollywood didn't come out and admit it and say they'd end it. And so these stars are coming out one a week or so and telling about it. That's what's going on, and that's what's always went on. Yeah, that's it's really encouraging to see people feel empowered to come forward because, you know, the more of us that do, the better chance we have of, you know, ending all of this sooner rather than later. So. Yeah, that's right. You know, the firing is horrible and that's, and that's great. And that's gotta be, but my main focus is going to stay on ending this global pedophile network because the global pedophile network is what allows them to compromise all these world leaders and stuff. And once the world leaders, they get these pedophiles in office, then they run the whole governments in the whole world. Yeah, we have got to stop it. We have got to stop it. I mean, we should have stopped it back when Franklin scandal started, when Bush was in office, when they they found out they were bringing them boys from that boys' home over there in in, um, Omaha, flying them to the White House, flying them around for these sex parties. That we should have stopped it then, but it got shut down by the mainstream media. But this time, we have the Internet and everything, so uh, more of us know about it. We're not letting it get shut down again. Right. I mean, it can't get any worse than it is. Well, and I don't know if you had a chance to um, see our – we've done a few interviews with Charles Ortel. He's a yeah. world-renowned Wall Street analyst who's been studying the Clinton Foundation for several years now. And it seems what he's identified is sort of the Achilles heel of all of this because it's the foundation infrastructure that seems to be supporting all of these rat lines because it's a mechanism through which they can take in money um, under the guise of charity and then uh, funnel it through to all of these illicit operations and then um, and, and that get obscured by all kinds of subsidiaries and um, funny relationships. And Charles goes through all of that and understands it 
so, so well. And, um, you know, it looks like that if, if we could get a couple of brave people into the IRS, you know, the, the facts are very, very straightforward about the legality of the foundation as well as the liability of any foundation that has given to the Clinton Foundation for ensuring that their money was going to an organization that, in fact, operated according to its charter. So all of these other foundations either have to ask for their money back or um, they pay, pay taxes on that money. That's because great. that's they've been using it as a vehicle for avoiding taxes too. Right. Yeah, and exactly. Charles is really going about this in a uh, powerful way because we've seen so many examples of uh, so many of the people involved in this investigation and everything we've been doing at Crowdsource the Truth who aren't coming at this stuff head on. When you just come on a channel and uh, or you know go into the newspaper and say, hey, you know, uh, pedophilia X Y Z whatever. They kill you, they shut down your channel, they end your uh, journalism career. But in the case of Charles Hortel, he's going after the money. He's saying, hey, you know, whatever it is they're doing, here's the tax fraud that they've done to execute it. And uh, one of Charles's biggest uh, points is that the person who's in charge of the IRS is the person who needs to go. And we need to start prosecuting them for all the financial crimes, the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton a health Access Initiative, Ira Magazine, or all these different people that have been involved in these sort of fraudulent operations that have been used to finance all this activity. Right, right. And this bit of overthrowing countries, you know, and, and, this, and this is what listeners need to understand. This blackmail that's going on, this is what causes all these congressmen to go along with all this stuff. Okay, for instance, us overthrowing countries. I mean, back in 2013, when you were talking about before, Chris, when we found out that that gas was not, it was not from acid, you know, when they wanted to tax Syria then, saying because he's killing, again, he's killing his own people, right? Well, then we know right. that was the gas that, that they stole from when they killed Lib- or, uh, Gaddafi off in Libya. And that was right. the gas that they gave to the terrorists to use. And then to do it and uh-huh. kill all these people and then say that acid did it when he didn't. Well, back then... It was a real uprising. You know, I mean, we all wrote our Congress people and stuff and told them, don't you dare attack that country. You know, and, they, and so they didn't. They did not vote to allow that. But they went ahead and did it anyhow. Now they're doing it anyhow. So these black male congressmen, I mean, that's our representatives. They're supposed to debate any time we're going to go to war and we're going to attack a country. You know, and, and hear that's from right. their constituents like us. You know, like they did in 2013. And we said, don't you dare. And so now... They don't do that, and so they just go to war, you know, and, and isn't it against the law to be attacking these countries? You don't have congressional approval or anything, but you just go in and, and kill leaders of the country like Gaddafi, and you're yeah. trying to kill it Assad. is illegal. Isn't it? Why yes, doesn't it somebody is. stop this? Well, it's big yeah. business now. You've got all these private industries, you know, these firms that are, you know, uh, we've spoken about Osprey Global and KKNR, and these guys are just making, you know, they're selling illegal Dine weapons. Core. Dine yeah. Core. They're selling depleted uranium. They're selling white phosphorus. They're, and even just, you know, legal weapons. They're just making billions right. and, we, and billions of dollars. And then we find out that, that our congressmen and stuff 
and our and our politicians own these factories that are making these weapons. So I mean, the, That's the right. world puppeteering thing goes around and around and around in one big circle. You well, know, McCain and, and, and Graham and Biden involved in owning these companies that are selling these weapons to the for terrorists. Proof to back that. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Evelyn, but that's you're talking about the uh, Bulgarian arsenal factory. And that's right. obviously there's no uh, direct, you know, checks to uh, Lindsey Graham or John McCain coming from those factories. But there's been a lot of uh, evidence that suggests that they are involved. And we're looking for more more evidence to try to prove those assertions that they do, in fact, own those factories. Well, and Evelyn, just to sort of um, punctuate your point, you may be aware that Tulsi Gabbard introduced the Stop Arming Terrorists Act back in December of 2016. Well, you'd think that that would be kind of a no-brainer, right? Of course we don't want to arm terrorists because we're, we're supposedly fighting them in the, Mideast, in the Mideast, right? But only 2% of lawmakers, six, seven, eight months later, only 2% can get managed to get behind that bill. And, really? you know, it just is because they're able to profit directly. And actually, Charles talked about that a little bit um, in another conversation we had with him about, you know, all the rules that used to be in place that would prevent a sitting uh, elected official from owning companies or interest in a company that they might be uh, voting on legislation about, they, that was strictly prohibited. And there were lots of um, safeguards in place to prevent that. But they've been completely eliminated. Right. You know, right. someone in the comments here stand- on YouTube. Sorry, Evelyn, what's that? I said, why aren't these congressmen standing up and saying to them, why are you attacking these countries? You have to get our approval. Well, I think it goes back to what you guys were talking about previously, these these uh, influence operations, these networks where they compromise. And, I mean, that, that may, you may be speaking about Imran Awan's key role when you can uh, get all the dirt on someone from reading their private email. Are they in debt? Are they cheating on their wife? Are they uh, hiding a secret life of some kind? And if you if you can expose that and you can hold that over someone's head, whatever whatever their secrets may be that you extract from their personal emails, you can possibly get them to do things that they might otherwise not do, like vote for a war or vote to arm terrorists or not vote to disarm terrorists. So that's why people here are aspiring in Congress. It takes a little while to put together the details of what exactly the implications of that are. Oh, yes, I guess. Right. Now, now, name out some of the um, members of Congress that had these Blackberries and stuff that uh, were were have to be involved in the spying. I mean, they knew they knew that they were leaking information to the Alwan brothers. Yeah, the, uh, Luke Rosiak put together a list. I don't remember. Like, I'm not good with the names. Do you remember, Jason? It's well, it's George has been going over that. I think it was over 30. But the point is, yeah. they don't necessarily know that they're leaking. I think George right now is trying to get the BlackBerry carriers to come forward. But uh, people might be, you know, first of all, reluctant to do that and get themselves in trouble. And second of all, they might not know that they did anything as far as exposing secrets. They were just sending emails on their Blackberries. Yeah. 
great. Right. You know, another thing well, that George has said many times is that an intelligence agent manipulates an operative without the operative even knowing that they're being manipulated. And I think that, you know, again, it's when we think about this stuff, there's so many deep, deep levels to it. There's so much going on. It's psychological. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to even put it into words. And that's why most people initially found a lot of what George was investigating to be very confusing. That's why I contact, contacted him initially was to interview him and try to bring, bring some clarity and ask some of the questions that I had. And the thing that's so strange is that the deeper that I got into it, the more I understood, Trish, you called it a what kind of a knot? Gordian. A Gordian knot. I don't even know what that is, but I can imagine <laughs> it's a very twisted, tangled, yeah. difficult to untie knot. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we have the people who are going to post a list of all the... Uh, people who hired the Awan. Now, I don't, know th- I don't know if the people who hired the Awan brothers are necessarily the only people that were carrying the Blackberries. There could have been any number of ways of getting the Blackberries into people's hands. When George and I went to Congress, there were two cell phone stores in the Longworth office building that very conspicuously had a wide selection of Blackberries. Now, when I go into cell phone stores here in New York City, and elsewhere, Florida, wherever we've traveled to, I don't see any Blackberries anywhere. They're pretty uh, outmoded mobile phones. Well, not only that, Jason, remember, Judicial Watch, in, uh, in response to one of its FOIA requests, discovered in an email that Hillary Clinton had sent herself that she directly defied and the yeah. advice of security hawk from the NSA about using Blackberries. They specifically told her that they could not guarantee the security of a BlackBerry, yet she insisted. And not only yeah. did she insist for herself, she pressured <laughs> others to use BlackBerry. Right, right. Hey, listen, before the music uh, starts playing, I want to thank I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I know how busy you are, and to take this time out, I really appreciate it. And I want to and I want to tell you guys that you know we love you and bless you and pray for you every day. We are so concerned that something will happen to one of you, and um, hopefully all our prayers and blessings will stop that somehow. But I want to thank you. But anyhow, we can carry on, and when the music starts, we'll, then we'll have to quit. But thank, thank you, you so much. And, you know, I think we'll stick around for a little while and address some of the comments that have come up. If you'd like to join us on Crowdsource the Truth, we'll hope we'll see you in there. After sure, the sure. show, yeah. Right, we'll stay right. on. Okay. But you guys right, are doing such care, a everyone. good job. I mean, this is so complicated, and you stick with it every day. I mean, I don't think you've taken a day off. Not yet. Not but, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Take and, care, and we'll, we'll see we'll you We'll talk soon. to you later. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. My life gets colder. My eyes go thin as I get older.